0: Hello everyone, my name is Leah Pambewe and welcome to another exciting episode of My World Podcast.
1: Earn up to 50% per annum in interest when you invest with Premier Credit. Visit www.premiercredit.co.zm to
0: start investing today. Remember, My World Podcast is brought to you by Premier Credit. Today we have someone who needs no introduction and you will notice as to why we're not even giving him like the big introduction. He will introduce himself because he's someone I'm very certain that you want to hear from. We have Jito Kayumba. He is special advisor and assistant to the President Finance and Investment. Jito, thank you for being here. I know it's been it's been quite um the exciting <laughs> the exciting um I want not quite a of yeah but the exciting round to get you here because you're a very busy person and we appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us about anything and everything that you might have at the back of your mind so thank you
1: oh, it's, i'm humbled to be here yeah i mean for me i don't take invitations like this for granted yeah i appreciate anyone uh wanting me to be on a platform mm-hmm. it's also an opportunity for me to share things that i care about that i feel will make a difference in the lives of people who, who listen to platforms like this, yeah. who want to grow in business. People want to uh, understand the ways in which they can improve their lives uh, in a practical way. It's not yeah. just inspiration or yeah. Yeah. practical knowledge, yeah. really is life-changing. And I'll tell you why I say this, because a lot of the information I share are things that I've used in my own life. Mm. And it doesn't mean one is special or have a, a certain status in order for one to be able to use information to succeed is that regardless of who you are, where you're from, where you sit, within the social strata, mm-hmm. information is power. And mm-hmm. when you access this knowledge, you can apply it in a way that will make it. So mm-hmm. that those who are listening mm-hmm. will take it on and, and give it a, a real sincere shot.
0: Yeah. So I, I know us um, having you here, um, a lot of people anticipating what are we going to talk about. But I, w- I would like us to tone it down a bit. Of course, uh, discuss some of the strides that you've made, um, you and your team, I would refer it to as your team, because I like to believe you do have a team, I will look at how the economic landscape is faring, your significant role, you hold a very significant role in your position as advisor in shaping policies and also just making decisions on behalf of individuals, entrepreneurs and investors in, in our country. So. That should be a scary position that you hold. Do you ever get jitters sometimes? Do you get like, in a way, you have to pinch yourself saying, okay, I have so much on my shoulders. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, what you said is very interesting because it, it resonates with something I tweeted I think it was last night. Yeah. I talk about the difficulty of leadership, the difficulty of pursuing something that you're passionate about, particularly where you have a purpose. Yeah. But the things that drive us are the things that we must associate with, with love, with Uh, The the need for one to do something that is bigger than it. One of my favorite sayings is that, you know, if you, the pain of staying the same Mm -hmm. must be greater than the pain of changing or going to change. Mm. I I look at our country. I look at our society as a place where we're far from perfect. I'm very proud to be Zambian. I'm proud to be part of a country that is is united. It's peaceful. It's a phenomenal country with enormous potential. But we lack elements of prosperity you still have a lot of people living in poverty. And the passion to resolve that is ultimately what drives me. So my fearlessness really comes from the fact that, one, not to say that I don't have any fear, yeah. I don't have any insecurities and issues of that nature, but I'm driven by the long game, I'm driven by the, the, the dream of you know seeing a country way better than, than it currently is, seeing GDP hit double digits, yes. seeing more people come out of poverty than ever before, yeah. and seeing people become wealthy. Wealth that stays here, where you've got local Zambians building businesses, employing fellow Zambians, being significant players in the economy. That's what keeps me going. And being a country where internationally people can say, you know what, these people are phenomenal people, yeah. where we have respectability, where we are people who, when, when uh, a foreign entity or any uh, company abroad come yeah. do negotiations with us, yeah. it's not from a position of superiority yeah. or from us looking like we are asking for something it's be talking to them as equals uh-huh. and for me that's what drives me it is truly a labor of love and passion for the country so yeah. that completely overwhelms the element of fear the element yeah. of feeling overwhelmed yes because there's there's a level of clarity and it takes a while to build that because you know and yeah, you know, being in this role is not it's not easy no it isn't there's a lot of things that happen aside from the weight of the responsibility it's also the fact that there's so much politics, there's falsehoods. People make up manufacture stories, which are completely unbelievable. Look at the bigger picture and we ignore the things that distract.
0: It, it's it's no secret that you come with a wealth of experience, especially in the finance and investment sector. You, you you were in investments and in finance before you actually took up this role. Part of the reason as to why you're actually qualified for, for the role. How has been the experience implementing this from your current in, in your current role as um, advisor to the president and your highlights, let's put it as wins so far. Maybe even if, if you have challenges, you can share on that, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think the first thing, and I appreciate that question, is we've been in office for two years. If you just take a child born, they still have a long way to go, and for even a company or any organization, two years is short, uh, particularly at a time where you're coming, and this is part of framing the context, you come and find an economy, literally on its knees, uh-huh. and you're burdened with debt, yeah. you know, far exceeding the debt to gdp ratio uh-huh. was really at a point where uh, the, the level of debt was unsustainable. Yeah. The capacity for the country to raise revenues, to pay it off, again, was also not, uh us say, yeah, we didn't have the capacity, in yeah. simple terms. And then in addition to that, You've got a, a vision. This promise is made. Part of the political element is you make promises in order to, of course, gain the confidence of voters to be mm-hmm. trusted with power, with authority. Uh, and then, of course, once you now enter office, you come to, first and foremost, scope scoping. You, you assess yes. the situation. So then you come to discover, one, the debt stop is higher than you initially anticipated. Mm-hmm. And two, the resources available are lower than you anticipated. Okay. So what do you do as a decision maker as a leader, you start to realize that, you know what, it's time to now, first and foremost, um, apart from evaluating what where you currently are, mm-hmm. you engage credible partners who can help you get to a point where you can restructure your debt and also where you can have a facility that raises not just your credibility, but your 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 ability to resolve it. So of course at uh, led us into the IMF uh, discussion. Yes. We broke records from the perspective of the time it took, governance from before, trying right. for years. It took roughly three to four months for us to get a staff level agreement. This is where the IMF staff agreed that, yes, this is a viable uh, uh, program that we can put in place. Yeah. And then down roughly a year or so later, we got the, the program in place, which now elevated our standard, our status as a as a credible program uh, uh, party for re- for negotiating with creditors. So many people, we owe money as a country to China, among other countries. Yeah. And then, of course, we go to a point where the debt was restructured. That is a big milestone mm-hmm. that, we care, that we're that we proud of, you know, as a government, because of the fact that it unlocks enough, you know, fiscal space, mm-hmm. which is funds available to now carry out programs that bring about, yeah, how do I say, social improvement, mm-hmm. uh, social spending, Yeah. And, and you can invest in in productive areas of the economy um because of the fact that the amounts that were required to pay off debt again it was choking us choking yeah. our ability to govern and to implement things that of course uh, enable country to function to run in the most adequate way that's a big milestone another is really enforcing the rule of law business it's you know is the, the atmosphere in which business operates requires a strong liberal environment. Yes. It's one where lawlessness, cutterism, all those things are pushed aside, ensuring there's sufficient independence within the the uh, enforcement bodies, right, who do investigations and so on, uh, taking out political influence and that, mm-hmm. really making sure that you elevate the, the element of your investor confidence. Yes. This is why it, the period in which, you know, this government has been in office, more investment commitments have been made than at any other point in our recent history. I mean, we're breaking records. Now, of course, there's always an argument like, would oh, that's just a pledge. Those pledges, let me give an example. When you look at, you know, there's a $500 million uh, plant, fertilizer plant being developed. And again, that's another master. Yeah. Being able to produce something locally that we've been importing. So that allows for a substitution in yeah. the amount of outflows works. So localizing production and locking mines, we just announced. Obviously, you know, KCM, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's an investor who is is coming up in there. And Uh of course, that will unlock so much in terms of jobs, economic uh, stimulation, copper belt. Uh Uh, If you have a bucket and Mm -hmm. your goal is to fill it, Mm -hmm. say in this case, the bucket is the treasury. Yeah. And you're attracting investments. You're you're doing things that bring funds in. Yeah. You still got holes. And And those holes are driven by corruption. Mm-hmm. Driven by mismanagement, over expenditure, inflated costs. Yes. Well, that's been dealt with. Yeah. The president has principles around procurement, right price, quality, and timely delivery. Those principles are allowing government to now manage its costs better than before. That's the reason why CDF, which by the way, we're most proud of, yeah. is able to be enhanced to a point where constituencies across the country are receiving more money again than they've ever received since independence yeah. in an equitable manner. It's phenomenal that whether in Kaputa, whether in Shangombo, whether in Chipata, whether in Katet, every single constituency is receiving at the moment 28 or so, uh, upwards of 28 mega or was phenomenal, it's yes. making a difference. I'm on the ground, I'm seeing what's happening. I'm seeing people who didn't have an occupation get an occupation. I'm seeing entrepreneurs turning uh, their dreams and, and essentially creating solutions. Because we've created free education, yeah. another milestone, uh-huh. classrooms are filling up yeah. with pupils who never had a chance to go to school. Yeah. Many were sitting on the floor. CDF is funding expansion of schools okay. and also the construction or building of desks. Neon yeah. by All of this is stimulating local economies and it's beautiful to see and it's only going to get better. This is just year two. We're going to year three. The budget for 2024 will be phenomenal. This yes. is the first post-debt restructure budget. Yeah. And you also get to see a greater enhancement of CDF, yeah. among other elements. And also touch beyond CDF, CEC. Yes. It's not perfect. But let me give you a context. The last 10 years, the average disbursement of citizens' economic uh, sort of funds, uh, yeah. empowerment funds, were on average about $10 inch. Right now, this year, CEC has the biggest budget in its entire history, which is bigger than the last 10 years combined. 297 million quadrants. Oh, wow. This is more entrepreneurs empowered right now legitimately using institutional vehicles than ever before. Nothing is going to uh, individuals in a way that is, you know, and with due respect to people that came before us. People, you know, were in markets and bus stops, mm-hmm. people around flashing cash. So or on, you, yeah, videos you'd see people earning dollars. Yeah. That's not happening because
0: it's been done the right way. So
1: I could go on mm-hmm. about what's happening. Yeah. And we're also, I think the last piece I'll say is really change your mindset, is to share responsibility with citizens. That we don't just wait for government to do something In order for one's life to be transformed is to equip citizens with the tools to then Mm -hmm. make a difference themselves. When I was in Chipata last week, when I sat and saw what people literally are doing, taking initiative, leveraging on CEC and CDF, of course, Mm -hmm. um, they are making a difference. They're solving local problems and they're not giving us ideas. So we want to be a platform, not to just decide where things go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, a government has to have a vision and the citizens own the government. They own the Constitution. They own us. I am an an employee of yourselves as citizens, and I treat myself as such. Um, Because the only way that I'm speaking for myself that I could perform to the best of my abilities is if I'm attuned and I'm paying attention to what the citizens want. And then the decisions that we make and the manner in which I structure the advisory work that I do with the government among other colleagues is is in line with what people on the ground are saying. So all of that captures... Uh, where we are as a country?
0: I like the fact that you have touched on entrepreneurs, yes? Uh, And I want us to, just to narrow down on that. Um, Is is it possible for you to elaborate a bit more on the current state of entrepreneurship policies and reforms in Zambia? Um, You hear entrepreneurs talking about access to finance. That has always been a challenge. And also, um, among other uh, 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 other policies that stand in the way of entrepreneurs either expanding or crossing borders or it's, it, it's just a lot going on. What do you have in the pipeline for entrepreneurs? I, I, I
1: appreciate that question. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start by saying this. When this government came into um, uh, in, you know, into fruition in, in August of 2021, one of the first announcements was the formation of the Ministry of SME Development. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is an indication, it's a signal of this presidency, and of course, the government's view that there has to be a dedicated ministry that deals with this. And within that ministry, the policy making uh, capacity is, is is embedded in there. The mandate to answer the core of the needs of entrepreneurs. Number one, certainly, is access to capital, creating a platform that uh, energizes that. How are we doing that? One, in the absence of resources locally, we're pulling in partnerships. The amount of capital that's flowing to this country towards entrepreneurs now is very significant. And I've touched on CEC already, mm-hmm. which always sits as an institution under the supervision of the SAV ministry. And then partnerships with, of course, NATSAFE, who have, through the ministry, have attracted funding from the UAE. There's $15 million there to assist SAV code. There's another partnership that's about to happen. It's over $50 million with British International Investment. Again. Coming through the the goodwill that the presidency is generating, mm-hmm. that's attracting investors abroad. And we're creating that platform to make those linkages. So, one is access to capital. Of course, the you know, the Americans are working uh, through USAID, mm-hmm. APSA with Zanaco, there's financing through uh, the EU. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal the amounts. I don't have the exact figure out what has come through, but it's, it's significant. Of course, mm-hmm. I know on you know, the CC side, among others. So, and we're encouraging more private funds mm-hmm. to set up. Right now, the budget uh, is being finalised for 2024, which includes incentives, and that's an important aspect. Yes, uh, to create more uh, fund operations, and I understand the challenges that fund managers face and how government can play a role. And then going back to incentives, it's looking at sector by sector, appreciating where are entrepreneurs say overtaxed and where can we provide uh, relief. And That's being assessed. So incentives are very important yes. the, to mitigate and manage the cost of business. And then the third is really having some level, it, it's a form of incentive, but it allows favoritism. Yes. Or as the president calls it, positive discrimination, uh-huh. which is really a way in which you say that we as government, we're only going to buy from a company that is local or from an SME desks are being bought specifically from uh, local entrepreneurs. Uh, stationary, you name it, depending on, on whether or not they're local mm-hmm. or whether or not there's sufficient local content. Mm-hmm. Government, in terms of its procurement system, is going to ensure that there's favoritism in that area. Others are um, classification over SME. Yeah. What's the turnover rate? What's the tax rate? And so on. How do we help ensure that companies are equipped with the tools? I think technical assistance is important. Yes. I am very active in the space of uh, mentorship. want to create, make a uh, turn the financial literacy master plan into something that is actionable, that is felt on the ground, that more people have access to the tools and information of building business plans, building strategies, improving the system, the supply chain, the value chain, optimizing their revenues, optimizing the potential, the scale of a business. So those tools are important and that's something we're working on. And I'm really excited about what will come out of that. The consultations are ongoing. People must know that there should be a result and for example, I mean, I always put myself on the line where I go into communities and talk to people and assure people that everything that you've said will yeah. be considered as a matter of policy. Ultimately, from a entrepreneurship space, SME space, that's what it is. The last piece of advice I want to share mm-hmm. in the same realm is that government can do its part to help with access to capital, help with the conducive operating environment, both legally and otherwise. But we as entrepreneurs have to take the bull by talks. Yeah. We have to rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. We have to be tenacious. We have to be organized. We have to understand what is our niche, what are we per- uh, pursuing, because you know success happens when you
0: when you meet halfway. You you have mentioned about creating a conducive environment for entrepreneurs. Um, I want us to look at uh, creating a conducive environment for investors, both local and international investors. Um, have you thought around it and also what further Im- um, improvements are being considered to attract investments into the country? You have spoken about, listen, we are, we are trying day and night to bring in as many investors as, as we can, but then what have you put in place for either local or international investors?
1: Number one, investors love consistency. They love to see policy that's clear that is not erratic. Yeah. In the mining sector, we've made a policy that was highly, highly. Um, how do I say? Um, it's essentially aligned with best practices around the world. Number two is you inspire confidence. Number three is engagement. When I sit across the, uh, sit across the table from an investor, yes, I sit across the table knowing exactly what their psychology is, knowing exactly what their uh, the thing that motivates them to invest. Because when I used to pitch to investors, or mm-hmm. even when I was, of course, receiving capital and then onward. Investing, I had a certain mindset, and that mm-hmm. mindset is: one, will I make a return? A simple. Yeah. What are the metrics, and yeah. so I can literally sit across from you know any investors. So I'll give you an example: Cobalt Metals, mm-hmm. uh, who are opening one of the largest mines uh, in Chile, Who mm-hmm. I remember the first meeting I had was you know in a coffee shop on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly in New York, and we structured everything based on the local environment, source of capital, the cost of capital. And we're able to make projections and even structure the way in which they can negotiate within their uh, you know, agreements and so on that would derive the target return. Because we have to, as government, have to have an understanding of how much they want to make so that mm-hmm. we also ascertain how much we make. Yeah. You have to remember, on a uh, you know, financial statement, right, yeah. a hiccup statement, yeah. government is right there as a beneficiary. Yeah. So this is why when you are aligned with an investor from that perspective, you encourage them, you inspire them to think, you know what, we're coming to your best. Yeah. So for me, those are the building blocks towards bringing investment, but also we have to package the investments. I mean, yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, an investor just doesn't want to come and see something unprepared. No. It's like preparing a cake. It's like, no. say I've got an, um, say, let me use an analogy in baking, right? Yes. I, I have a conducive, where I've got an oven. Yeah. And I've got a few, you know.
0: The ingredients here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But...
1: This, the investor is the one that knows how to put it together and bring yeah. ingredients, maybe add some eggs and milk. Mm-hmm. The key is, have a significant portion of the ingredients available so that the, the baking can take place so at the end of the day we get a cake. And the point is, if uh, you know, an investor, say, wants to invest in, in energy, we yes. you know that in energy, in hydro, one, you need the resource. You need to have either a, a river with the right hydrology, yeah. and then we should have done a bit of a feasibility study. So when we go to Investor, I can tell that the hydrology of that river. Yeah. So, and we do it by making sure that the community there is not going to be affected from an environmental perspective mm. and the, you know, displacements and so on will not be there. Yeah. So with that being said, it means that they feel that well, the elements of risk have been mm-hmm. reduced. This mm-hmm. government took initiative yes. to um, reduce that yeah. and address that. Yeah, and that's another factor that affects investor decision making. It's risk, for mm-hmm. so mitigation is part of our job. And once you have that combination, mm-hmm. plus a willing and engaging government. You will have investors come through. So yeah. here's it be announced: eight billion dollars of commitments. Mm-hmm. Those commitments, eighty percent of them come into fruition, mm-hmm. twenty that don't, are because of factors beyond people's. Yeah. But to me, that's a success rate. And what have, has been planted in the last two years yeah. will be seen and felt as mm-hmm. the next couple years unfold. Yeah, I'm so excited to see that. So, yeah,
0: it's very exciting. It sounds exciting from from this end. I'm I'm taking it all in. Yeah. Um, as we talk about the investment opportunities, both for the local and the international investors, do we have any sectors in particular that are showing either promising growth and how is the government supporting these particular uh, opportunities or the sectors Yeah,
1: The first is really, The obvious one, Mm mining. You know, we are in a world that is experiencing a transition. There's an energy transition taking place. Movement away from fossil fuels to renewables. Movement away from, of course, uh, you know, uh, fossil fuels would be obviously supporting combustion engines for electric vehicles, including renewable energy. Now, with that being said, that requires copper. It requires copper. So, you know, the, the components of an electric vehicle, for example, a lot of it primarily is copper. But also the battery. We have all the elements: the battery metals, the nickel, the manganese, the the lithium, the cobalt. I mean, it's it's extraordinary how rich and blessed we are. Phase one in the mining sector is mapping, to ascertain where they are. Phase two, engage in joint ventures, so we capitalise mines, we create mine development, and extract those metals. Phase three is to process those metals. Yes, process them into not just you know uh, cathode and concentrates and so on, but to actually create an end product. Yes. So value addition is key. That industry is going to explode. Um, you can already hear, of course, we've unlocked KCM. Mopani is coming on stream very soon. You know, there's so many uh, companies evaluating Mize, Moyo Tinto, Ango, you name it. It's, they're all here. Yeah. And and very soon you'll be hearing announcements along those lines. The next uh, sector, which is obviously experiencing a significant support, is energy. Yeah. There's more investment in energy in Zambia right now than at any other point in the history of our country. In the last, you know, 58 years of independence, you've got, for example, you know, 3,500 megawatts of power is is installed. The amount of investment now, we've got 2,000 megawatts coming out of solar with the UAE. You've got another 2,000 or so coming out of investments, different partnerships with UK companies. Mm And you've got uh, a new uh, Chinese entity that's also evaluating solar. You've got hydro, you've got all of that will exceed about 4,000 megawatts. We're more than doubling our capacity. Zambia has to be the most food-secure country in Africa. Mm. One is having enough grain for our own consumption. Also having a significant amount for exports, which will raise revenues. And of course, same thing on the power side. In fact, it's quite significant, but I'd say those are the most strategic. Of course, technology is key, but the ones that I've just touched on are the ones that are the biggest drivers as, as a backbone to the economy. Because that fuels services.
2: Stu got his annual bonus and decided to invest it in a side hustle. He took his hard-earned cash and started giving out loans to people he knew and thought he could trust on his own. Weeks later, it was time for people to pay Stu back, but nobody paid him back and Stu lost all his money. Steve, Stu's workmate, also got his bonus and also decided to invest it. But he knew from before that he needed help doing so. Steve heard about Premier Credit's peer-to-peer lending platform, how he could invest in pre-qualified loan applications from people that have proven they could pay back (laughs) with interest. Weeks later, Steve still has his bonus and is now enjoying the interest payouts. You can invest smart like Steve too. So be a Steve and not a Stu. Visit PremierCredit.co.zm and start investing today. Investments start from as low as 500 kwacha. Terms and conditions apply.
0: So um, just to uh, go a bit further, we have seen that the fourth industrial revolution um, has brought in new possibilities. It's brought in a lot of change. And part of that is attributed to how COVID just accelerated everything in relation to beat the internet or just everyone not believing um, solely in brick and mortar, like we need to accelerate our growth. So we have seen um, items that have come on board now. We have artificial intelligence, we've got blockchain and renewable energy, as you've alluded to. How is Zambia positioning itself to han- to harness these cutting edge uh, technologies to improve either efficiency or sustainability and even economic uh, prosperity all in all? You
1: know, you touched on, you know, efficiency, sustainability, stimulating yeah. activity. Those are all hallmarks of what technology does yes. and appreciating elements of the fourth industrial definition. Yeah. We've embraced that by first and foremost creating a platform for it, creating a ministry mandated to oversee that, yeah. which is the Ministry of Technology. For the first time in, in a long time, I mean, people like, uh, what's it, name, Italic? Kin to came to Zambia. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the godfathers of that crypto. Yes. I mean, we can meet, engage, become friends. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to invest in this country. Yeah. I've never been to a country where the gov- the central bank is ready to meet, the Ministry of Finance is ready to meet, the yes. State House is ready mm-hmm. to meet, the Ministry of Technology. And we reached a point where, and coming off what citizens are talking about yeah. on social media, in public in forum, they want this sort of engagement that allows for the creativity of, of young designers to be harnessed yeah. from a technological standpoint. So we we essentially are strengthening the platform that allows for that to happen. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the most important thing that government must do is not over-regulate. Yes, we regulate to protect the interests of society. Mm-hmm. So there's no fraud and other things. Because where there's a, a great innovation, there's also a great possibility for other unintended consequences, evils you know, that, that happen, yes. packings and so on. Digitalization is necessary. It will help government become more efficient. Smart Zambia is being enhanced significantly to ensure that number one, we are significantly more paperless. Uh, The manner in which we engage and track transactions is is all properly uh, established, Mm -hmm. tracking and tracing. Um, It will help, of course, track the extent to which the the economy is growing and provision of finance, provision of many other services. So that's something we take very seriously. And for us, I'll put it back to, to the public. We want to challenge people to come up with solutions because we will consider it. We don't want to just, uh, provide direction we, that we, we are cognizant that government is, is a platform for the people to come and plug in yeah. and create value. And we will ensure that that is aided. We are also helping with access to markets for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you look at the proliferation of mobile money, for example, yeah. to me that's an exciting opportunity yeah. that's tied into the ecosystem around technology, mm-hmm. tech, and so on. There's options for lending, for transacting the most efficient way. So, government is pushed, uh, ensuring that we get new technology in, mm-hmm. to have access to connectivity, yeah. ensuring that Starlink comes on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we essentially issued the license, launch is, is going to happen. The date will be announced. Yeah. It will be extremely, mm-hmm. exciting. so more, access, more examples of access to internet than ever before. There's more uh, connectivity, fiber connectivity yeah. than ever before. So so we are going to essentially and this, this is me quoting the Minister of Technology, Honorable Matati, yeah. is that we're gonna be the most connected country on the continent of Africa. And of course, for me, I'm passionate about helping people access the tools. You know, I was sharing with someone that, you know, a notebook is a necessity to be a, a pupil at school. Mm-hmm. But now a laptop is just as important a necessity. Yeah. So we want to make sure that Zambians uh, of access to laptops. So Trying to drive a movement for well wishers, not just government uh, individuals, uh, corporates uh, to come on board to make provisions to students who have um who don't have the means to access a laptop.
0: Okay, Ish. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you that we get to pick your mind on what it is that you you have planned, and um, we do know that we're moving on this trajectory to uh, get to a point where the economy has stabilized and. Uh, so many things have been put in place, but we can't take away um, the fact that we have seen that the inflation rate hasn't been maintained in in which we saw it going, which is a single figure. Now it's it's almost in the double figures, yes? And it is a critical indicator of a, of a country's economic health, really, yes, yeah. How is government addressing the issue of inflation in Zambia? And what strategies are being implemented to maintain not only a stable quacha against the USD, but a stable quacha all in all, in its own? And how do we, how do you plan on safeguarding the currency's value and also just protecting it from vol- volatility in the long term? The
1: fact of the matter, uh, beyond that, is that we need to have a stronger fiscal platform. That includes we need to be able to export more. We, we're an import-dependent country. This is why you're fine. And inflation, obviously, there's an inflationary relationship between exchange rate uh, and, of course, in the cost of goods and the loan. Oh, yeah. So, when you look at the CPI and so on, you realize that, you know, as, say, for example, one, the first vulnerability is that we don't produce some of the critical things that we consume. Mm-hmm. One is fuel. But then going back to the, the, the exchange rate is that we need to do more to create more in this country so we export. One of the factors Driving the exchange rate to be where it is uh-huh. is subdued mind uh, production. Yeah. that is by far the biggest contributor. Yeah, we need to now, of course, with KCM coming on board means that we can now uh, operationalize, optimize, and start to draw greater revenues from that.
0: Just on that end, especially when it comes to increasing income, I'm, I'm an investment advisor, so I always look at it from. Um, how do we encourage more Zambians to participate in the capital markets in Zambia? We do have a very robust um, stock market. It was named Best Performing Stock Market 2021 and 2022, and it's currently ranking as the Best Performing Stock Market in Africa. So we're probably doing something right there. And we also have uh, government bonds that perform at with great returns. We have different types of investment vehicles on our local stock market. How do we then bring everyone to the party to say, listen, other than uh, us being known as a spending society or a spending nation, how do we then reverse roles? Because the more capital, the more money we inject into our society, the more accountable we actually become. Yes, you've spoken about uh, the solar projects that are going around, that's a CEC project. CEC is a listed company. How do you become accountable as a Zambian you then become a shareholder in CEC so that you can hold um, the, the the person that's running sitting at that, that business to say, listen, I have my money in here. I've put I've bet my money on CEC. So can we bring this to fruition? Why is it that most Zambians don't look at the capital market from that perspective? Or do you have anything in the pipeline to encourage Mozambians to actually be more investors than they are spenders?
1: Um. It's my favorite topic of conversation yeah. with friends and anyone I interact with. Uh, investing is so important as part of a, day, a person's daily life and thinking yeah. and life planning. You know, we're privileged to be young, to have vitality, to work and do things that create income. But we have to remember that down the line, there's responsibilities that arise, yes, there's an upside. yes, there's all these pension schemes, but we have to build portfolios as individuals. But let me take a step back and create a bit of a narrative and a context into how I teach people how to think very simply about investing. The first thing is I look around society, and while I look around society, I look at my income. Yeah. I take so any Zambian, I say, take a pen and paper uh-huh. and write down your salary. Yes. And then start to minus where is your salary going? Yeah. I'll throw in a couple of examples. Your salary goes to to uh, housing, goes towards transport food, food yeah. you name it. Then you say, okay, now that we've listed where the salary goes, who owns, who's receiving that money? So who owns the company that's taking the money that's taking for food? So you say, yes. ShopRite? You say, well, who are the shareholders? Of
0: the sh-? yes. So
1: you say, wait a second, so every time I buy food, my money, X percent of money is leaving the country, because the majority of the shareholders in that enter- enterprise are foreign. Yes. They say, okay, I buy TokTan. Who are the shareholders of the, of the t- you know telco companies? You Then you realize that where my money goes, the people who are taking or growing are typically not ourselves. So my first rule is I will invest in anything that's going to take my
0: money. I like to look at it from a point of take a plunge into your economy. It is very easy to complain. It is very easy to point fingers, but accountability comes in mostly if you have a share of the economy. So we keep blaming, no, international investors are coming. But we have 22, 24 listed companies. Go ahead, take a plunge into your your, your economy. We have a very relatively small um, uh, capital markets in terms of unit trust. It's it's under 100 million US dollars. That's very minimal, yes. So where is our money going if we're not planting it back into our capital markets? Because that's where growth is. The model that Zami
1: is like in terms of investing, it's usually land, it's plots. Yeah. If the new A1 savings is say, I'm going to...
0: Real estate, yeah.
1: I always tell people, like, you know what? If you're not an investment professional, go look at where Napsa puts his money.
0: No, I will put a caveat there to speak to a financial advisor because I'm a financial advisor. But Napsa would do it from from an institutional level. It might not really reflect, but that's, that's, that's the first way to go. An investor will always look at the markets around them and look for opportunities. It's the one thing that stands. There's something beautiful about earning. You get to a point where you just want to earn. Um, the first time you ever receive your coupon, the passive income, it's a, it's an extraordinary feeling. The first time you 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 record, you get to a point where you break even in your business. It's a beautiful feeling, but you want to be able to be very aggressive. People nowadays, young people, on a global scale are earning, you see 25 year old CEOs that are doing great. So there's opportunity. Yes. All we need to do is just take the plunge. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll conclude on that matter. Uh, Do you have any words out there? No, we have spoken about entrepreneurs, um, Zambians getting, taking the plunge into investing and just, you know, considering this place as the destination for, for, for investments, both for locals and uh, for, for anyone out there that's not in Zambia. What makes Zambia a unique and promising destination for economic opportunities and what support can they expect from your government? We'll put it that way. Um, Number
1: one, I think, let me speak about mindset. Yeah. Because already I've set the stage that government is a platform. Yeah. It's about you deciding what you want to do with it. You can have all the best policies in the world. And I always tell people, having done a lot of investments for years, Sometimes you realize that capital is not the only problem, right? So whenever an investor comes, oh, or an entrepreneur comes and says, look, I need capital, then you realize when the mindset is not there, when the planning, the expertise, the, the mastery is not there, it, your money gets lost huh? if you invest in the wrong person who doesn't have the right, maybe they had the best intentions, but they had the wrong plan, um, and their business was but not particularly relevant. So when I talk about mindset, I, I first and foremost have to say, let's be focused. Let's find our niche. Let's identify... Where can we create value? Many people want to over-diversify. Diversification only applies to investment, not to entrepreneurship. You don't find a person running five, six businesses or three, four businesses and them be successful. It's always driven by one area. Be known for something, something that makes you stand out that you're providing value in that particular area yeah. and achieve a level of mastery by being consistent, by being resilient, by pushing. It's okay to be aggressive. Yeah. We as Zambian I people are very nice. We're very considerate. We're very warm. But let's remember that some of those principles do not enable you to be successful in business because you have to persist. If you look at my phone, the people who call me the most are culturally not our people and not Zambia. Mm. Not because I give access only to them. Mm -hmm. Everybody has access to me. But the ones you take the most advantage are the ones who are not from from here. Mm -hmm. Because there's something about cultures, other cultures, that is really driven around uh, determination. Uh Being... Highly, you know, resilient and tenacious to a point where, you know, not to say that it bothers me, it doesn't, because I, I admire people who persist, because I know persistence is one of the the key elements of what it determines success. Yeah, and I think a person's character, we must always look at our, to, to build ourselves, not just intellectually, but understand the craft, the area we're going into, develop our competencies and capacity to do the best we can, and really rise to an occasion where we are organized, we manage our time. And I'm saying things that are almost obvious. Some have heard this before, but for me, these have been the most important elements of my life. And people should shy, should not fall for the trend of the naysayers. We don't have a lot of successful people in our society who are of our own. We're talking about indigenous animals. But there's a lot of pulling down syndrome. We have to move away from that because you can't attract the thing that you promote the most. If I am out there always shooting down a person successful, then I'm already reinforcing the belief that I can't be successful. But if I'm celebrating the success of others, I make it a deliberate uh, policy in my own life that having been successful in business, having the privilege now to be a servant with the public, I try to empower um, in various ways entrepreneurs by being present <laughs> at their launches or being involved in or even giving advice Because I want to see people succeed. I want to celebrate with that. I live vicariously through others. And we should all do the same. And buy local. So let's build the competencies, the character, the networks towards achieving. Because also you have to remember that... And I don't want to put too much blame on government. Government does create an overall atmosphere. The vision of any leader is important in driving growth. But we as citizens have enormous responsibility. We play a role. There are people coming to this country who have no links to government. Have no... But for some reason, they make it. Yeah. Even from countries that are less off than ours, from a country that's more torn, a country that's had mean, and all sorts of problems, but they succeeded. Like, what's going on? So we have to now think more about our personal responsibility. That's to me an important word I thought I should share. We are there to support, we'll create the conducive environment, mm-hmm. rise to the occasion. And let's create a better country. And for me, trust me, I'm here with you know within government for, for a period of time that's limited by not only constitutional measures, but I serve at the pleasure of the president and other factors. So it's always going to be a limited time. Yeah. I to the time I go back to the fire sector. <laughs> so, I now to do the best I can while I'm there, but recognizing that somebody else will come after me. Same thing, somebody else will come after the president, among other roles, that we have to make sure that we build on. That it's not just about this government, New Dawn, UK. It's about Zambia. Zambia is a long-term project. That the decisions we make today they have to have an impact on what happens 50 years from now. Yeah. I need to think about, you know, the little girl who's four years, four years old right now. What is Zambia going to look like for her? You see, I can't just think about the cycle, the political cycle. Like, okay, twenty six, twenty thirty. 2013, you know, it should be about how, when I'm gone, when I'm an ancestor, how is Zambia going to look like? And what role are we playing in that? We don't have to just think about what we built today. Let's see, let's see what sacrifices can we make really you make Zambia an incredible country.
0: Okay. Thank you. I think you you have shared some great insights. We we, we have learnt of some of the items that you have in the pipeline for us as Zambians. Um, I'm speaking as a Zambian, but more importantly, even just what is happening in the investor in investment sector and the financial sector in the economy, all in all. And I like to believe in most of the questions that people might have, have been answered. If not, we'll still have you back here. It might not be the the first time or the last time that you've been here. It's just the first time we'll have you back and have some of those questions answered. But thank you so much. I know your time is invaluable and I appreciate you being here. And all the best, all the best to you and your team. We'll be right here making sure we're following up and holding you to your word okay so that was Jito Kayumba special assistant and advisor to the president uh investments and finance and this is my world podcast remember you can find my world podcast on all podcast platforms and also you are viewing this from youtube that's if you're watching this or you can head over to youtube and find us there thank you so much until next time Bye bye